friends, welcome back to another episode of the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we look at movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my immortal vampire zombie sword gun guy and co-host. All true, it's Alex Dandino. All right, a little business before we get started. Guys, we're officially on Patreon. You can actually thank every episode this month to that Patreon. Um, you can find us patreon.com slash filmalchemist. You can find that link on all of our socials. Um, it has been awesome so far. We cannot thank those of you who have contributed enough. Guys, for as little as a dollar, you can get in. Join us in some Discord action, some Zoom. A lot of fun. For a little bit more than that, you can begin to pick your own episodes. Discount on merchandise. There's so many awesome things. We're doing uh, watch parties. We're going to be doing commentaries. It is a blast. We thank you for those of you who've done it. We ask that you let us earn your money. Go on over to Patreon and see what it's all about. Guys, please take a second. Leave us a rating and review wherever you find the show. A quick five stars. A quick couple sentences about why we're so cool. Helps us fight the algorithmic overlords and keep the ascension going. That sounds really cool. Ascension. Like we're a fucking new metal band or something. All right. Go to YouTube. Subscribe yeah. to our channel, Film Alchemist. Uh, Film Alchemist. You can see video versions of most of our podcasts along with other cool stuff we're working on for you over there. You can email the show, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. You can also find us on any social media you're on. That's a great place. To uh, tell us what you want us to talk about. Be they new, old, guest host, double features, themes. But if you really want to do that, just go to Patreon. Force the hand. We work at your behest on Patreon. Oh, right. That's enough business. So tonight, this entire month has been curated by one of our Highlanders from Patreon. <sighs> Anthony Dyson, for those of you in the know, uh, is our first Highlander up. He came up with a brilliant curation. Very so good. he said, the pod goes to early 2000s Japan. That's right. Um, he brought four absolute bangers. We'll have two Patreon exclusives coming with that, too, that are really fun. So tonight we are starting with the movie Versus. Uh, I believe from 2000. This was, <laughs> this wow. was a wild time because I remember I had a really big uh, Japanese horror film uh, obsession at the time. This was when The Ring had come over and was breaking huge here. So you had Ringu, Juon, The Grudge, One Missed Call, Dark Waters. There was all kinds of awesome horror movie stuff going on. But what was also happening is these really wild, eccentric action movies. Um, there was some weird kind of gore police action films that were happening. It was a really weird time uh, and a really creative and cool time for these movies. So this is a great one. Tonight we're starting with Versus. Alex, would you like to hit me with your opening thoughts on this absolutely batshit film? <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I loaded up my PS2, uh, threw in uh, my favorite <laughs> my favorite disc, Twisted Metal. This was back when I could eat sweet tarts the whole time I watched films just before diabetes laid sweet, me low. Just chow down on chewy sweet tarts <laughs> and sat back. They were and shock relaxed. tarts, really. That's how that's how you knew you were. Oh, you, you were, were a shock tarts guy. Shock tarts were very good. Shock tarts, and then you wash it down with a surge cola. That's how you knew you were a man. I was, a more, manly of a man. Man. I was more of a Mountain Dew co-red my, myself. A coward. That's what we called them, cowards. <laughs> I'll tell you what you didn't call me. Any of these characters, because, wow. This, uh, 
Versus is really fascinating. I'm not going to lie. Um, this movie is, in my opinion, the spirit of filmmaking. Yes. And I think that's probably the best way to put it. Because, again, I, I could start listing off the things that were in this movie. And, A, for those of you who have not watched it, A, why are you listening to the pod? But also, like, you wouldn't believe me if I so told listen. you. listen. Never things- stop listening. But, like, you wouldn't believe me if I told you the things that were combined into this movie to make this movie. And there's nothing more persevering about this movie than the fact that it just blatantly exists. And, like, yes, for our enjoyment. for And we're all the better for it. I, don't, I'm, I, I, I have to state, like, this movie is uproariously entertaining. Like, there's not a moment to spare. <laughs> I couldn't believe it because I was watching and I was like, what in the fuck is this film it's insanely high energy, aggressively in your face kind of filmmaking, right? Yeah. Um, we start again. I'm with you. By the end of the film, I'm not sure that I knew one character's name. Um, there's this really aggressive scene, right? So it starts with these. Uh, it's kind of an old timey samurai yeah. fight, right? The very first thing we see is a blood soaked lens and a body being cut in half by a sword. And you're like, oh, we're going for it, right? Anyway, the movie starts so aggressive and so fast, and I'm watching. I was like, "What the fuck is this movie?" Yep. And I thought it was just another Japanese studio flick. I went to Google to look it up. I was like, "What is the budget on this thing?" It is listed, and I don't know how that's possible. This movie is listed at ten thousand U.S. dollars for budget. For context, that is approximately one third of what Kevin Smith spent to make Clerks. And what I love about this film is it has vampires, zombies, sword fighting, guns, blood, guts, gore, uh, time travel, and a futuristic model. Futuristic ending, Yakuza's, like, it has everything, literally everything. Whatever you can think of is in this movie. That's what I mean, though, right? Clairvoyance. $10,000. Yeah. Yeah. All kinds of weird fuck. Frogmen. But this is what I mean. So for $10,000, they refuse. They flat out blatantly refuse to bring down any of the concepts or ideas of this film. And what they said, what this movie reminded me of, right, is this is that uh, David McKee thing, right? An audience really only remembers the, like, two to three big scenes, the big moments, right? They don't care about motivations, this and that. I think you could argue pretty well that, until over an hour into the film, we have no idea what the narrative of this is. And then we stop and do a two characters lay out the entire backstory and plot. Yes. But it doesn't matter because what this reminded me of is me and my friends like, here's an idea. We should go fucking shoot this. We were in high school and just we used to shoot on a, a VHS loader. Yep. Right. Same. And so we would just run in the woods and be like, wouldn't this be fucking cool? And when you're out there like, oh, what if I tried this? This movie it eschews a lot of the the filmmaking narrative concepts, right? Of we need streamline this and this. And what it says is every fucking scene, we're going to go, damn, wouldn't that be cool? And they always, whether the style is bombastic and almost coarse at times, they always come back to, fuck, that's cool. Yeah. I think that is probably the prevailing sentiment throughout the movie is just, fuck, that's cool. Like it yeah, is like constantly <laughs> it is like, and I mean, it honestly, it feels that way. The way it's shot, it feels that way. The way it's put together just in general is like, 
that so the like first scene they have with like the yakuza's versus um the prisoner who I, i'm not gonna list off the numbers that he is because that's how he's listed in the credits as like prisoner i'll do it once prisoner ksc2-303 i'm never gonna say that again by the way yeah so the prisoner <laughs> guy um the first time he happens upon the yakuza's <laughs> that they're like tossing that lady they're gonna basically murder that lady who ends up being a clairvoyant whatever again throwing it yeah, at the wall kind of by the end she doesn't see the future as she should right no shit um but she's like, a little sarah connor the future's not written yeah she's a really <laughs> shitty sarah connor but like there's a, <laughs> she but, can't do any pull-ups but that scene that scene feels like this is the scene to me feels like it's one of those things where yeah you're like with four of your friends and you're sitting there and like wouldn't it be cool if we just had like guns and we were just like like doing this crazy standoff, that is cool. Pick up the camera. Let's fucking do this. And that's exactly how it feels the whole time. Well, that, that opening scene is really funny, right? Because we've just seen this kind of like traditional samurai moment, right? Right, yeah. But again, it has zombies who have swords and other things. It's really weird. They do the cool like he, he strikes everyone and then he ding, he hits his blade and everyone falls. Everyone falls, yeah. And I love that beat because that's always when you know a movie's like, this is a fun thing. This is not realistic, right. guttural sword warfare, right? And I was right. like, hell yeah, I'm in. It's really fucking fun. But that opening scene you're talking about is so weird because there's prisoners. One of them still has a severed hand attached. Uh, these guys pull up and they're like, hey, we're supposed to pick you up. Oh, there's a girl in the car. No one knows why anything's happening. And it is so aggressively shot. Weird close-ups, we're just changing, we're jump-cutting. None of it makes any sense. There's no flow or rhythm. And it's this awkward group of men just doing this horrifying dick-measuring contest, right? About how tough they are and how cool they are. <laughs> yes. And there is... It's really weird, too, because this movie has awesome music, except for this scene, where I described it in my notes as it is a mix of Australian Seinfeld techno... <laughs> I have no idea. It's like a didgeridoo, and it's like, it's like, and I was like, what is happening? But there's a scene when they're fighting, and then all of a sudden he grabs the girl and he he shoots a guy with his gun. Right? It's really right. cool. And the guy in green, right, who's giving off uh, Japanese Judd Nelson vibes to me, <laughs> right? Like a Japanese, yes, Judd Nelson playing Japanese Harvey Dent. I remember texting you. I remember texting you and be like, what is this guy? Yeah, and he just smiles and saunters over, and then they're all posing. You're like, fuck, yeah, we're in. We're fucking in. Yeah. And then it's literally just off to the races because the guy reincarnates. So let's talk about some of the rules of the, the lore that we learn in this film. Good so, lore. You, 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 first off, let's put a, you're proposing there are rules to this. I bet there are if I had a legal pad in time. Because we start off, it has an opening, like, credits reading assignment which i love there yes. are 666 portals that lead to the other side of the world i would assume it led to another dimension oh i thought it was just the other side to like like the like like to the the devil place like other worlds yeah so this is the 444th that's it right and this is the resurrection forest but there are these people who are immortals who are locked in here right so when you get killed here you are resurrected as a somewhat cognizant zombie yes. who definitely has super strength. Yes. Who 100% is immune to headshots, like basic headshots. It seems. Because the first guy, they headshot him and he just keeps going. They have to waste him with tons of bullets eventually. Right. 
So they can be brought down. Later we see they can fly. They can use guns. They can use swords. Uh, they could become a froggish, impish fighting thing. Um, it is, <laughs> and this gets back to the, I like the idea that they, they're just like, yeah, whatever, throw it in. Because I couldn't tell, are these, because later there's another one too where he gives the gift, right? He's like, I'll give you the gifts right. of life after life. And he bites her. I'm like, fuck, now they're vampires. Yeah. Like the ending battle is very Twilight. So <laughs> I don't fully ever understand what's happening in this forest. What did you make of this this zombie outbreak? I mean, I'll be honest. I, I didn't understand what was happening <laughs> in the first like the first yeah, the first hour of the movie, like I was just like I guess I'm just on the ride. Like it's like sort of That's showing. That's a great up. way to put it. You're just on the ride. It's uh, for those of you who, um, if you ever grew up, if you grew up in northeastern Ohio around this time. Actually, you might have gone to Geauga Lake or turned into Six Flags. There was a ride there. <laughs> there was a ride there. Um, one of the one of the roller coasters was called the Mind Eraser. It went now. This is all it did. Okay, it did two loops and then you had to do them backwards. That was it. I had no idea what it was called, the mind eraser. I thought it was the, the stupidest tenor. name ever, but <laughs> sort of felt like the mind eraser. I was like, cool. Like, I know what we're doing, but I'm just on the ride. Like, this is great. I'm just, I'm here. I'm here for it. And that is like, that is what versus does better than any other movie that you could even conceive of like this is it takes everything you ever wanted to throw at the wall takes it down off the wall and like scrapes it into this like bucket and then douses you in it. And that is, yeah. the, that is the first hour of this movie is like rules or no rules. Like, yeah, like everything's on, everything's available to you. It is, yeah. it's like this weird ready player one of Japanese cinema. Almost. <laughs> it's, That's a great way to put it. It's just, it's exactly, it's what do you need? I don't know. I got to be a flying zombie. There it is. Go for it. Ah, what do you need? I don't know. I need a gun and a, and, and a, and a katana. All right. It's yours. Go for it. Like there's just nonstop. There's just nonstop. What do you need moments? And like, that's the, that's the plot point you need to get to your next scene. That's it. And it yeah. works really well. It shouldn't. And it works really well. Well, there's this really fun card game that me and my friends play sometimes during board game nights called Smash Up, right? Right. Where you pick two random decks, right? Whether you're a, a wizard, a zombie, a ninja, a dinosaur, a robot. And I was like, that's what this movie feels like. We need samurai and right. Yakuza and zombie and vampire. But what is what I like is this thing is somewhat commonplace now, right? This kind of a, a project we see all the time on YouTube or this and that. Right? Oh, dark, gritty Power Rangers, right? My kid loves to watch. Batman versus Darth Vader, right? Like what? And there are these kind of fan movies that are so well produced and so well made and they get out to big audiences. At this time before the internet had really become as massive as it is, this was a bit of a novelty to see someone cuz a lot of guys who go out and make a movie especially for 10 grand or this and that. Right. You would get these just guys in a woods chit-chatting movies, right? Like uh, indie dramas where it's like, yeah, we're just here. We're, we're in this one place doing a thing. We're in a house. Very it's, it's popular weed American night. indie dramas, yes. Yeah, and this movie is that movie, but like, hey, we're giving you all the fun stuff, right? Because when I watched this, it was obviously Shades of Evil Dead. 
There were shades of uh, early Peter Jackson to me. There were, uh, you know, there's a bit of a Highlander vibe by the end that you really Oddly love, enough, right? that is one Which of the- Which was titillating uh, Evil me. Dead and Evil Dead and Highlander are two of the movies that the director said, I want to pay homage to these movies particularly. That's amazing, because I had an idea by the end. I was like, this could absolutely be a low-key Highlander entry. I mean, when he cut the, when he cut his head off at the, at the end, I was like, there is some heavy off, Highlander going on here. Yeah, and when he wakes up, he's like, ah, after the resurrection blood. That's very much like when Connor is reawoken, his mm-hmm. body sees himself floating. Anywho, right? And I think that's I, – I, I like that a lot, though, right? Because there is this there is this giddy joy of these characters. So we get to our first big zombie fight, right? Right. And there is – these zombies wake up, and there's just cool shit. Like, the zombies – there's little details. Like, the zombies have their eyes closed, right? Whether they're rotten or it's just makeup effect or whatever. But that zombie's still trying to shoot a gun. Right. Ah, it's a crazy fun obstacle to throw in. In the amount of people and guns and fighting that they manage to corral, this is not just a, hey, we need a 90-minute film. Yeah. I'm going to just put a camera on two guys. So I remember the first time my mom spanked my ass. You know, it was just depression and erections. I, it's really shaded the rest of my life, right? Like that kind of a thing. <laughs> And, and there is an absolute joy. I mean, I probably wrote that in college. I think we all wrote a version of that. But there is a there is a joy to the the kind of ballet, right? Where it's so overly choreographed and so silly. But like, I love the scene when the guy he kicks a guy's head off, or a guy throws a knife. He catches a knife, throws it at another guy's head, kicks that head. That head bash. It's yeah. That the camera is moving as if it is tied to a pinball in a pinball machine. Yeah. And everything it stops on lights up and flips us to the next thing. Yeah. There, there's a dynamic, joyous choreography to this mm-hmm. that puts it above just that, hey, we're just fanboys in the woods kind yeah. of a movie. I think that's what's really great about this is there is that level of – there is the, still the level of care taken by someone who is a professional filmmaker. And I think that's what sets the movie apart. It's like I didn't know this. I was looking up the director afterwards. Like, um, I didn't know he directed – on the midnight meat train which i think is awesome yeah you know and- what's funny when you said that i was kind of imagining some of the tricks of this mm-hmm. coming forward there's a scene at the start where uh the butcher right mm-hmm. vinnie jones gets a kill and the camera moves around in a really bizarre kind of manner right and i was like i want to rewatch it now because i'm like i feel uh, yeah, like it I would have this true vibe. now i need to rewatch there's some really strange moments there's also blood splattering on the camera right so it's fun to see because I, I love Midnight Meat Train. I actually think that's a really cool movie. Yeah. Um, and it's it's fun to see that this was like his little love letter. Like, please let me in. I love yeah. this shit so I much. I really like that that's this awesome. movie. And this movie does feel like that knock knock kind of thing. And I like yeah. that a lot about the spirit of everything going on. Because like, yeah, if you look at it from like an overtly cynical perspective, you would watch this movie and be like, well, that was two hours wasted. Nothing happened in the movie. I'm like untrue literally everything happened you just yeah, have i was gonna to dis- say nothing stops happening yeah in except fact, for when the two main characters have the plot discussion for 10 minutes <laughs> right and like that was <laughs> and that and it's weird because isn't it because there's your like my mom spanked my ass moment because you're just like there's your scene from that movie <laughs> that would be made for ten thousand dollars and instead that yeah. was like a fifty dollar scene and the rest of it is off to the races yeah. I yeah. respect the hell out of a movie like that. And I really love 
that it is just whatever you need, man, whatever you got, whatever you got cooking in that brain of yours, it's on camera. It's going on camera. It's going on screen and it's going to make some form of impact. There's things you just pick like that guy, the fucking, the Judd Nelson guy. I could not take my eyes off. <laughs> the Judd Nelson guy. I love that we just don't know character names, so we're just fucking. I don't know who he is. He had a green. There shirt. was one guy I called um, a vampiric Riddler? Question mark because <laughs> he had the Jim Carrey at the end of <laughs> Riddler. There's one guy. The one guy I called Static X. He had the spiky hair and the chin beard. Yeah. 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 No. <laughs> shot. Yeah. I no, just uh... like. But, but okay. But like. Judd Nelson was so good. So good. I was, I was drawn in by it. He's just like every time he was holding a gun, whenever he held a gun, the other hand was like caressing the air. Everything. I I just, I couldn't stop. I was like, this guy's Everything is ballet. And what is great about Japanese Judd Nelson is that he knows exactly what the fuck this movie is. Yes. And he knows that because things are going to be a little sparse at times. He can fucking go for it. And he absolutely does. Um, This is a strange movie, too, because they just give us... I'm telling you, this movie, of all the movies we've ever covered, the closest analog I could say to this movie is something like Bad Taste. Yeah, pretty close. Right, Bad Taste has a kind of a better elevator pitch, right? Which is, we are fast food for space truckers. Right. But if you watch something like Bad Taste, it's very much just we got to run around. Oh, there's a brain gag. Oh, there's, you know, these costumes and guns. And yeah, the house of spaceship chainsaw. It's it's blood and gut. I mean, that that vibe, though. Right. Right. Of God damn. I just love movie making and I'm going to use every fucking trick I can. And so we do that essentially for the first hour of the movie. Then all of a sudden the boss, the man, quote unquote, the man shows up. We don't know why he hired these guys that are going to kill it. Well, anywho. Well, now there's three ladies that show up. Well, two ladies in the Riddler show up, and they fucking jump the man after they've killed their teammate. And we're like, oh, fuck, they killed him. They're going fully crazy. I get this movie. Okay, this is our narrative route. That guy just stands up and starts fucking throat punching. and And you're like, okay, now they're vampires. Right. Then we cut to... This this uh the lady begins to lay out the lady in white begins to lay out this kind of possible looming narrative, right? That right. it is your destiny. He's like, Who is this? Also, there's a thing we gotta address real quick. This guy is a really bad hero, right? Which the end really hammers home, but we kinda think he's gonna be our anti hero. We're gonna like him by the end, right? This man who's cruelly abused by fate. Every time he's about to fight, he just reaches over and knocks out that girl. All the time. Okay. Like Five times, I feel I'm like. I'm so glad you said that because <laughs> I could not surmise. I'm like, is this a, supposed to be like a gentlemanly thing? Like, I do not yeah. fight in front of women. Well, I think it's like, if you're knocked out, I can go fully do karate kicks. And it's like, couldn't she do better if she could run and hide and avoid bullets on no, her She needs own? to be. Apparently, she needs to be knocked out. It's, again, a it's lot. one of those things you're like, there it is. <laughs> like, there's also violence against women in this movie, so. Really As if this movie in. could not be more like a teenage boy, right? Run yeah. amok. That is one of those things you're like, that. But then they, they do give her a moment to, she has some powers, right? She's the one who fucks up the Riddler. She catches his foot and right, right. puts his ass, they put him in the lake. Um, But she lays out this thing, because this is the weird part. So a movie like this, that's like, we got nothing we're just going for. We'll do awesome effects, awesome guns, awesome swords. 
the movie has this really much better than you would think hidden narrative in the middle, right? So take out the fucking portals. Right. Take out the castle in the woods and the two keys, whatever the fuck that was. Because they're like, the key's her blood. I'm like, well, she's spilling blood everywhere. Right. No, that doesn't work. Keys are it's everywhere. his blood. I'm like, all right, well, they're dueling. There's fucking blood everywhere. Yeah, blood Why is this everywhere? Not so much blood, right? So take all that shit out, right? What this movie really is is a fucking Twilight Zone narrative where it is these people trapped in this never-ending time loop. She says, you two are destined to fight. He can't remember. By the time he remembers, he remembers that he had to kill her in the past life. And he was so fucking fraught with grief, right, that he runs in and gets sliced up and he gets killed. Right. And now he realizes he might have to do that again. He He's the man who keeps saying, I don't like being imprisoned. I like to follow my own rules. I don't like you boss me around. Boom, he gets killed. She fucking resurrects him without asking, right? He cannot escape this fight. The guy who's waited 500 years, the man, cannot escape this fight. She can't escape this fight, right? They are fated. They are drunk. So we get this. You were a bad man. You were in life imprisonment for disturbing crimes. Right? right. So we get the hint that there's all this weird shit going on. But they pull this twist that fucking blew my mind, which is we travel back in time to when he killed her the first time. Right. Who's there? The Riddler, Japanese Judd Nelson. The entire crew. So not only are these three locked in this fucking never-ending eternal battle for the 444th portal. So apparently this movie happens 666 times around the world constantly, which is crazy to think. This could be happening at your local town park with squirrels. You never know. Um, But not only that, but all these side characters we've been following, right? They're also tied to this thing why does he hire them why do they feel like they're not really there doing the job they want to do when the man shows up the first time and tells uh asian japanese judd nelson scumbags like you should be dead why is he fucking so aggressively going after the man he just hired because they've been fighting this fight for hundreds if not thousands of years and that these people lost in this never-ending battle of fate becomes fascinating Right. So there is this weird thing that then my brain, which has been starving, you watch this movie and your brain's like, feed me. Right. Like hit me like the fly. Yeah. Help me. That's what your brain is saying. They just fucking drop out of nowhere in the middle of this fucking action yeah, bonanza. After you've just been inundated with imagery. Yeah. Then they drop this in this really very, fucking cool. Very cool. Concept. Highlandery narrative about time loops and destiny and all this other stuff that, again, should not work. Like, because unlike Highlander, these people are not just chosen for this. That's what Highlander, right? Right. Connor McCloud is just chosen at the moment of his death or a little before, actually. That's neither here nor there. What happens with these people is when they die, they don't get absorbed, they get reborn into the same fucking cast. Right. I mean, it's, it's fucking crazy. That's like, really cool. It, yes, like it works really well. Like I don't know why, because this movie's complete batshit for like an hour of just like imagery. But yes, it works really well, and I think it is because we're really, like what you're talking about. Your brain is just like, there's got to be something. There has to be some form of through line to carry me through another hour of this. Because like, I'll be honest. The hour mark is a great example of like, I'm like, 
there's an hour of this movie left. How much more story could we possibly be? And then, yeah, it drops in. See, I had like, the opposite. I'm like, we haven't wasted any story yet. We must have a show. Well, yeah, we haven't wasted any story because I don't think the movie started. I'm like, I think we're just watching the preamble at this Isn't point. Isn't that fucking crazy? Like, it was like an hour into the movie. I'm like, oh, my God. I'll say that, like, it moves so fast. I literally was like, oh, my God. It's an hour. I thought this has only been like I thought it had only been like maybe 15 yeah. minutes. Well, they do a brief moment at the start, right? So he helps the girl escape. You're like, all right, he's making a choice to be kind of noble. But then he's like, you know, fuck you. Don't touch me. I'm an antihero. I'm, I'm too cool for school. Right. There's a scene where he kind of briefly passes out. Right. He's escaped. Whatever happened. Right. Uh, she goes to touch him. Right. And it's shot in this very soft, focusy, fantasy, meet cute moment. It's very he grabs yeah. her hand. But then he looks and he opens his hand and he reaches for her. And you're like, oh, shit. He wants to be loving, but on his terms, reaches past her and grabs the pin to unlock himself. I was like, oh, so they're setting us up for this kind of Han and Leia shit. And then we just go back to the fucking madhouse, right? Or this is when the madhouse starts at the fucking. Yeah, like when the Riddler fights him at the river, he just goes. Dude, he drops down like that dude from Big Trouble Little China. He drops down on just like a fucking line. Yeah. And we're huh? And then she all of a sudden has power. So, but there's this little moment where you're like, "Oh, maybe there's a story." But no, not really. And this is the thing. So, once we get to this cool kind of like faded whatever, right? It's really fucking cool. We keep thinking that there's going to be this heroic moment. Right. And him uh, you know, he has to, because she says when she's tied up, right? I love the fact that he's, like, screaming and doing this summoning ritual. I've waited 500 years, open right. the gates. He's like, nothing happened. What the fuck? I love the idea that they have these rituals and things in their mind. And it's like, no, that's just for you. That's more torture from gods. The gods, right? It's like, you're going to keep yes. thinking this is a thing, but really you're just getting reborn into this yeah. fucking cycle over it's and over It's just another over. cycle, yeah. Yeah, and so then he's like, aha, but I did plan this, and I got you, and now you've got the blow, the blah, blah, blah. But when they're about to fight, right, and he now is like the re-super red-eyed version. Right. Yeah. Um, and she says, he, he shows up like a he fucking vampire? boss. Is he both, or is he a vampire and a zombie? I mean, technically both are undead. This one plays a little fat. They feel very, this feels like a vampire fight. This feels like a vampire yeah, That's because that's how I've read it. It was vampires. Yeah. Maybe they're different than the, the minions that keep waking up. Right. Uh, but he comes back, yeah, with this fucking giant sword like he's Cloud from Final Fantasy VII, this awesome gun. And it's just fucking cool. But there's a, this moment when she's talking to him. She's still tied up to the tree, and the guy's coming back, and he's, you've used your blood. And uh, they start talking. She's like, yeah, he's different this time. You might lose. The guy's like, maybe. Maybe. I thought that was kind of a a very still moment that actually had a lot of impact. This guy all of a sudden being like, oh, fuck, what if right. I do get killed? I mean, for <laughs> right? me, I think any still moment in this movie is going to have impact because it just goes, 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 goes. Like, But it's because they're not doing the indie 90 thing where it's like this emotionally fraught thing where every scene no, is like but them that's telling not what you this a movie thing. Is, like, How do they still get that with essentially no story going on until the very end? They give you a little drip, drip. I mean, I think it's because... It's odd to say this, but it's because I'm actually invested in these characters as they move throughout this bizarre world they're in. Like, that to me is probably the most prevalent and important thing that makes this movie work is if I didn't give a shit about any of these people, I'll be honest, I probably would have just turned it off. But, like, 
this <laughs> I, I i care like i care about what happens and i care once we get past that part where they basically explain what's happening yeah yeah i mean i care even like at first it's like i care because i want to see what these actors are going to do because it's hilarious and then i start caring because i'm like oh i want to see like where's this leading is this are we going to move on to the 445th portal like what's happening to the next <laughs> the 444th chamber yeah it's it's crazy too because our main character is an anti-hero who keeps knocking out the leading lady continuously but he reminds us he's like they're bastards i'm not i got a heart and you think oh he's just abused by fate he's gonna come around he's gonna be good and there is a surprisingly awesome moment, right? So after he Highlander's the bad guy and fucking wins and kicks his ass, there's this really cool moment where I'm like, of course there's a motorcycle. He's already, because he keeps essentially finding loot crates in the middle of the battle where he's like, sick shade, <laughs> sick duster, right? He has all these awesome gear he just finds. Dude, the duster suit-up's uh, the best. Yeah, and at the end I was like, oh, of course there's a fucking motorcycle. Why not? That's cool as hell. Yeah. And when he gets on, right, she, she has this moment where she kind of is holding him tight and... uh it's really kind of a lovely moment because she she says, I believe, if you leave this forest, you could die. He just goes, maybe. Like, we'll have to see. And when he says that, he has this fucking chuckle and a smile. Yeah. For a character who's essentially been playing this caricature of this fucking super badass, stoic, rock-hard, impenetrable guy. Right. He has this little fucking chuckle and a smile. Like, now... I don't like being in prison somewhere. I think it's his phrasing. Now he is free to not be the bad guy of the story, the guy that already gets right. killed. Life is in front of him. Granted, that does not end up being the story. But that's a really nice little moment. And I was honestly, that's the thing that shocked me. Because after an hour of the movie, you're like, I get it. They knew a guy who could do really good effects. Yeah. They really put the time in to choreograph this, right? Well, you they know, that was, that was the main the main actor. Yeah. You knew all of this was coming, right? You're like, I know those tricks. I was surprised, considering it felt like they just said, fuck narrative, let's just have a greatest hits reel. Right. They still fucking landed emotional beats. They're, I honestly couldn't believe it, it at the end of the It was pretty incredible. I will say, I, like, my favorite of the loot crate beats was definitely the duster. Um, because, it, <laughs> like, for five seconds, it turns into this, like, Tennessee Williams play where she's like, oh. And he, like... <laughs> Like flicks the, he like flicks the collar. I'm like, dude, this movie. That was when I was like, because it, yeah, like that was when I. I guess she was the hot ten roof. Am I right? Absolutely. That was. Well, no, I like the scene when he gets so uh, the Riddler sunglasses, and he's like, huh? and she's oh, like, that's also nah. really good. Yeah, because there's like a push in on. Oh, isn't he cool? He looks at her. She shakes her head, and the camera pulls back with like a, and he takes them <laughs> off. I thought that was fucking great, man. Um, okay. We got to talk about the ending because the ending, honestly, because the movie ends on that awesome little motorcycle beat. And you're like, well, what a good we're zooming through the tunnel. We hit the light. We'll fade to black. Right. That's right. a pretty traditional ending for a movie. All of a sudden, we're just in a, a miniature Terminator wrecked yeah, apocalypse. Okay. Did you get Terminator vibes? Because I was just like, this feels. Well, yes. Like, be kind, up. rewind Terminator vibes. <laughs> but yeah. you're, so you're watching this little model city and it's like 99 years later. The whole like, fucking what? gang is back. She's there. Now, all of a sudden, the man is reborn as the, the fucking outcasted hero role. Yep. Now, this is a little weird mythology-wise because she says, I should have chosen your side. You. Yeah, I didn't get And that. I love his line when he's like, welcome back, brother. And he says something. He's like, 
There's nothing left to destroy. I love that. That is like almost, that was fucking awesome. That reminded me of like One Punch Man stuff, like where One Punch Man's like so depressed that he can't. <laughs> that was exactly the. I'm like, is this the vibe we're going for? Because that's yeah. all I felt. And it's just all the gang is still there, but now they're in different getups. So it's these people recast, right? As if you know, life just fucking throws them like you know the fortune bones, and they just keep getting shuffled. And it's pitiful, and you see him with the, the hero lighting, the kind yeah. of shh, the the smoke rolling past him, mm-hmm. and it's fucking cool. And it just ends on them; their swords hit versus. It's cool, but but it adds this extra level of fucking misery to this. Oh, and then yeah. you, the Absolutely. girl starts saying, "Did I do it wrong? Was he the portal to the the four hundred forty fourth portal?" When yeah. he says, "I don't like to be a prisoner," is that him saying, "I don't like to be a prisoner to any role, let alone the good guy?" Um, he didn't want to get caught. The forest could be another jail and he wanted to get out and wreak havoc. What were his disturbing crimes? It's insane that they just added this tag. That's so unnecessary. But again, it showed cause they did the samurai. They did the modern accuse a zombie and they're like, Oh, we got some sci-fi too. Yeah. And it, it's one of those things again, because it's cool and they love it. It adds this whole other realm of things that we have to contemplate. Yes. Which fucking blew my, by the end of this movie, I was literally yeah, I was so excited oh, yeah. on my couch. So I was just like, these motherfuckers are doing up it. And they get the title card. I was like, give me another one of these fucking movies right now. Yeah. Don't even play around. I but need this. Yes, because you said it best, right? This movie is the spirit of cinema. Every fucking guy like us that liked Kevin Smith or we found that movie, right? That made us want to make movies. You can't be that guy who has dreams of making a movie, a story, selling a book, whatever, see this movie and not get a little romantic about it. Right. And at the end, when they just said we're doing miniatures in sci-fi and it's this fucking Shakespearean tragedy now, it was just fucking cool, man. It was fucking cool. And I cheered because I'm like, you guys are showing us another trick that you absolutely didn't need. That movie had a beautiful ending if it just fades to black. It's the ending and then someone – it's the ending – they cut the camera and they're like, I just thought of this. How cool would it be if it's like 99 years in the future? Like, oh, dude, let's shoot that right now. They just go, bro. Yeah. I mean, like, I to it. me, versus for me is this like movie um, from like the mind of a 14 year old jerking off to the Matrix while reading Akira. <laughs> and so me. Yeah, but like, and then like reading, you know, like reading like Akira and Dark Horse comics, like nonstop. And like that, but like, it, by the way, that's okay. Like, it's that's this, kick-ass. it's everything you want. Did you think you were going to watch this movie? It, it, it never strays from the point of the, like, the point of making the movie is to make it. Like, I love that yeah. that is the vibe I get the entire time. It's not, man, we really got to hammer home the point of loneliness in the 21st century by talking. No, it's about what you can do with 10 grand in your pocket, man. Like that is, if there's nothing more inspiring than that, I don't know. A third of clerks, is third of clerks. And it's, and again, it's digital versus film, whatever. But what is, no, that was shot on film. Was it really It was shot on film? Holy shit. <laughs> okay, that blows my cuz I I just was like, "Oh, it's this early 2000 digitally look." No. Before we had like amazing digital cameras. 
I, I, I looked looked this up. He actually, so he raised a bunch of money. So it was supposed to take three weeks. It ended up taking seven months because of financial issues and stuff like that. And they could have, so, um, they were originally going to make this a short film. It was supposed to be the sequel to this his other po- short. This was a sequel to a short. Yeah, I read Down that to Hell. And Versus was supposed to be shot low budget with video, but um, they decided to shoot on film. And that's so that why. That had the, to be almost all that money. That has to be a, like a majority of the money. So, like, think about stretching a dollar like that. You're shooting on film, and then you have all those special effects. How the fuck is this pot? That's it's amazing crazy to me. It's but amazing. This is- <laughs> And apparently there's a lot of extra footage. There's a lot of different There's three cuts. different cuts to this movie. How I don't know what cut we watched. That but that's what I mean. That is fucking stick to right? The man says that when the girl's tied up yeah. and uh, he might lose. He's like, well, you got to work hard for what you want. I was just thinking right? that. I was just and thinking about like, that scene. that is the filmmaker inserting himself, right? Right? <laughs> right in that line. Um, it's really fucking cool, man. And the movie has these fucking weird, like the two Keystone cops that are just in the movie, and we keep detouring like, oh, we're going back to see who they escaped from. This is going to be huge. This is going to matter. Just to pay off in a fucking double explosion with a gun. Yeah, it's it's like the Keystone FBI sniffer guy, right? And then Stumpy, who stabs people with his now missing hand bone. And I was just like, that's the shit that you get to do in this movie, right? Because... They said they saw that right, and any logical person would be like, "That shit has zero value to the movie. There is no reason for those two to be in there." Right. But they said, "You know what? I think those characters are kind of funny, right? We are essentially just keeping around this Abbott and Costello bit that's going to pay off, I guess." And they just have them in there for these this fucking three four scenes yeah. that stops what we're doing over here so we can follow these two guys and the guy takes this thing of ah oh, your your bullets are too slow they'll never get me i'm 500 times faster than mike tyson oh shit and i was like that is such a that is such a rough edge yeah right this is not a well-oiled machine by any stretch of the imagination <laughs> and to me when i see those things right when i see that oh you have a vestigial tail like weird yeah right you have those leftover appendages you like ate your twin in the womb and its teeth are in your fucking love handle right i think that's charming and i love that shit there's a weird (laughs) thing um uh, the the last fight right before they hop on the motorcycle before we jump to the future last fight when he kicks the man's head off and they hang on that shot I couldn't tell if that was the sound effect of like the blood spl- spurting. If oh, that was... we also that's when we learned that he had acid blood too. When oh yeah, that, that too. State. Sorry. Wow. Yeah, man. There's just so much. So many powers. Movie. But yeah, like <laughs> when they kick his head off, his like head is sitting there on the ground, and I was just like, is that the sound effect that they chose, or is that the sound of the actual blood spurting from like the apparatus that's making like the blood spurt out? <laughs> and. In the middle of wondering, I was like, I don't think it matters because both of them work. Like, it works for me. And, like, I'm like, in his head, he, like, he's just bleeding out his mouth, and you can still see the blood spurting. You just hear this. But, and again, it's just one of those things that goes to the spirit of this movie, which is just like, why not? Yeah. Why would that not? Have you ever kicked well, a man's head off? Do you know what it sounds like? Yeah. I don't. I mean, I worked as a screenplay analyst. We both studied writing a lot, and we do this pod where we break down films. You could make 
a manifesto of everything this movie does wrong, right? right? You could rip this movie to shreds. You could fucking rip it a new one narratively and this and that. But the way I would teach it if I was a professor is be like, look at these guys. They fucking did it, right? The best of, the best trait of any filmmaker is just you made your fucking film. Yeah. And not only did they just get a film made, but they really went for it. They really said, these are the things that we like, and this is what lights us up. And we're going for that, man. It doesn't matter that in the middle of the zombie ballet, right, that, that fucking first major choreographed fight, we're going to do three jump cuts just getting closer to one guy's eyeball. Right. What does that mean, right? What is the camera telling us? What are we supposed to glean from that move? Every move should be motivated. No, fuck that. It looks cool. Yeah, that's it. Fuck you. I just want it to look cooler. Again. Okay. And that's what you can take all the fucking rules of filmmaking and all the books and all the academic stuff. And you can fucking shoot it with that giant fucking gun. Because That's did it. you get it made? Is there and this is what we talk about too, right? The the biggest sin in movies, besides being boring, is when you feel like the people making the food movie were not really emotionally invested, right? Right. And this one, they they fucking made the movie they want, and there's passion writ large across the screen. And to me, this would be chapter one of any film class I taught is whether you like this movie or not, this is what you should be striving for right now. This is the fucking first battle you're trying to win. Agreed. Again, I think the prevailing sentiment of this movie being, fuck, that's cool, yeah. works on every level. <laughs> that's it. It's weird that we would take that as like a criticism sometimes, right? It is. I think sometimes we just forget that, man, fuck, that's cool. That is inspiring that's something a in a person. Thing. That's where you start buying rent in their head. Yes. That's it for verses. Uh, this movie, we versed it. This movie won. It was a really good one. This was a great selection good and way choice. to start our The Pod Visits Early 2000 Japan. We'll be back next time with Gozu. We have to thank Anthony again. Dyson, for those of you in the know. Uh, for curating this through our Patreon account. If you guys want to get in on the fun, remember, go to our Patreon account, Patreon uh, slash Film Alchemist. You can find that link on all our socials. Uh, find us on our socials. Leave ratings and reviews. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Film Alchemist. Uh, more than anything, guys, thank you for all you do for us. Thank you for listening. Thank you for giving us uh, your time. For the Film Alchemist, I'm Josh Griffin. I'm Alex Dandino. We'll see you in 99 years in the future. I fucking hope not. <laughs> <laughs>